0: Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive.
1: All right. Welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. I'm Rachel Marshall here today I am missing my co-host, Bruce Wayner. so his apologies for not being able to participate in this conversation. But I have today with me a very special guest, and his name is Blake Brewer. Now, we are going to be talking today about writing your legacy letter. So first, before I get further into that introduction, Bruce, or Blake, thank you for joining me today on the show.
2: Hey, Rachel. I'm excited to be here. And uh, man, love what you and Lucas and Bruce are doing, and just uh, what an incredible business you guys have.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Blake. I really appreciate that. So if you are listening and you're wondering what this conversation holds for you, let me just lay the groundwork here. So if you're in a position of saying, I care deeply about my kids. I care deeply about the impact and the legacy that I'm leaving for them. And there's this piece of communicating my heart to my children that I want to do with my words. And perhaps even not just words that I verbally say, but words that I write down in a letter so that they can have and hold that in their hands at whatever time your feet and your life leaves off from this earth and you give those words to your children. Now, if that sounds intimidating, it probably is for most people because it can be challenging to wrap every single thing that we think and feel into a letter. And so many people just pass that. That task off or set it on the shelf and hope that someday maybe they might do something like that or they've heard a great idea. But you know, I would say legacy letters that Blake Brewer has started really is this way to craft this perfect letter, to know exactly where to start, to know how to include the right information so that your letter can make the greatest impact. And I'm going to let him share the rest of his business and the mission that he has. But he's really on a mission to help every dad or 1 million dads to write a meaningful, well-written, lasting legacy letter to their children. So today we're going to be digging into the importance of parents' words, the words that the three things that everyone needs to hear from their mom and dad, and how to really prepare your heart and your mind to write this letter. So again, Blake, thank you so much for joining me for this fascinating conversation.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I talked to parents all over the country as I'm helping them write this letter. And one of the things that I share with them is, Hey, we all have different backgrounds. You have a different job. Your family is different than mine. one of the things that we all have in common is, is that we don't want to get to the end of our life on our deathbed and wishing that we had been more intentional with our family, that we had invested more in our family. And, and this is one of the things that we can do to be an intentional parent is to write this letter. Another thing I share with them is I believe some of the most powerful words spoken on the planet are spoken by a parent, spoken by a father or spoken by a mother. And when they put those words on paper, it makes them, it increases the impact and it makes them lasting.
1: Mm, That is so, so true. And I just want to say wherever you stand or sit in this position right now, you have so much power to create a tremendous impact in the lives of your children. So let's find out how to really take all those thoughts and feelings and wrap those into a letter. Now, I think one of the reasons that this is so fascinating to me is that I've actually done this before coming across your idea of legacy letters because I had a near-death experience. Many of our tribe knows this story that about two and a half, a little more than two and a half years ago now, I almost died after delivering my second daughter. And that circumstance really made my husband, Lucas, and I really think, what if we didn't have all the decades ahead that we hoped for? How would we translate and communicate all of the words that were the most important so that they would have something tangible in their hands? And so this was just something that was so near and dear to our heart. And I, would, I just am really excited to dig into, Blake, what this is and what it means for you. Can you take us on a journey? I know this is a really um, important piece for you. How did this begin? How did it become a passion and a mission for you?
2: Well, I could have never in a million years thought that this would be uh, my mission, that this would be my full-time job. And to be honest, I have to pinch myself at times to be like, how in the world am I the one that gets to do this? Because it's um, really amazing to be able to help parents craft this letter.
3: But when I was 19 years old, my family and I were on a vacation in uh, Hawaii. And, uh, of course we are excited to be in Hawaii and it was, it
2: was like really a vacation of a lifetime. And the first day that we were there, um, we went to a place called Hanama Bay, which is no you know, beautiful beach. And we were out snorkeling and, um, we had all gone out and then we came back in and everybody was laying on the beach, except for my dad. And my dad said, I'm not laying down on the beach. I'm going, we're in Hawaii. I'm going back out in the water. And he started to walk down the beach to a new place. And I remember laying there on the beach and thinking, man, do I just lay here? Or do I go catch up with my dad? And man, I want to go catch up with my dad. And so I ran and caught up to him. And as I caught up to him, he turned around and looked at me and said, ah, look who decided to join me, which was his way of saying, I'm glad you decided to join me. <laughs> and so him and I headed off in the water. And, uh, all was right in the world. It couldn't be any better. And, um, but that all changed. And
3: mm-hmm.
2: as we went into the water and it, my dad looked at me, he had a big smile on his face. And I'll never forget that smile because it was the last smile that I ever got from my dad. As we kept going further and further out, we ended up in an area that I now know is called witch's brew.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, witch's brew is known for it's really bad waves. And it was, it was bad that day. And, um, I had my head underwater. I picked my head up. I was like, wait, where'd my dad go? And I started to scan the water and I saw him in the distance and I could tell that he was struggling and he was actually trying to get out of the water onto this rock. And I was thinking that is a horrible place to get out of the water. Like, why is he doing that? And sure enough, a wave crashed against my dad and knocked him back down in the water. And so I swam to where he was and I didn't see him, but I was right by that rock. I, knew I was tired. I got, ended up, was like, the only place for me to get out is right here. I am able to get on top of that rock by God's grace between the waves. And as I get up on this rock, I look down in the water and I see my dad. And my dad at this point is treading water. And he looks up at me and he says, help, help. And um, my dad was a really big guy, had a deep booming voice. And this was like a whimper and I knew he was in trouble. And so I turned around towards the beach and started waving my hands profusely having no idea if the lifeguards could see me or not. They looked like ants. That's how far away they were oh, wow. I turned back around. And, um, I had a decision to make. Do I jump in after my dad or do I just stand, stand there? And I knew I couldn't just stand there. And so I jumped in and swam about 10 yards as fast as I could to my dad. And by the time I got to him, he was unconscious underneath the water, just kind of floating there. And so I put my arms around him. I, to the best of my ability, I started swimming with my dad to get around that rock, to get to a beach. And luckily a nearby snorkeler, um, showed up to help me, um, because I would have drowned, um, getting my dad to shore, he, him, and then the lifeguard showed up and ended up bringing my dad to shore. And they started trying to resuscitate my dad. And <clears throat> I was on my hands and knees next to my dad, just praying to God, God, would you please save my dad's life? And I, I knew that truly just at any moment, my dad's eyes were going to open up and uh, the water was going to come gurgling out of his mouth. Like you see in the movies, but it never happened. And my dad ended up drowning. And so, as you can imagine, I went from like one of the best moments of my life to the worst and just like that. And so a couple of hours later, after we'd gone to the hospital and where they pronounced him dead, and we kind of said goodbye to my dad one last time, I went back to the condo. And this is after I made um, phone calls to my grandparents, who had to tell them that their son had just died. I had to call my dad's work. My dad was the CEO at a hospital. I had to call um, our church and let them know what happened. And I went to the the back bedroom, and I was sitting there uh, on the edge of this bed. And really just trying to talk to God and say, what the heck just happened? It was so surreal. And my mom appeared in the doorway and she said, I was going through your dad's briefcase and I found something um, that he was going to give you on this trip. And I had no idea what she was talking about, but she walked across the room and put some sheets of paper in my hand. And at the top, it said, dear Blake, Natalie and Marcus, my sister and brother's name. And she said, for the last two months, your dad has been writing a letter. Um, to give to you. And I began to read this letter, but I'll I'll tell you, Rachel, even before I finished the letter and read it all, I felt so loved that my dad would take the time to write this letter. I don't know what he gave up, what he sacrificed, what TV show he didn't watch, but my dad took the time to write down his thoughts and feelings about us and gave some great uh, life advice The last line of this letter, um, only God could have allowed my dad to write it. But um, my dad wrote, uh, as you follow Christ, you'll often find yourself in the minority here on Earth. But I can assure you that in heaven, you'll be in the majority. Love your dear old dad in Christ Jesus. And that was exactly what I needed at that moment. And um, for my dad to even write about heaven. And I'm reading this a couple hours after his death. Mm -hmm. And so that letter That letter changed my life. Not only did it help me get through the next year of my life as I was grieving really hard. Um, I, I can imagine that uh, me escaping the pain through drugs or alcohol or girls, whatever it was, but I didn't. Uh, I, I grew and developed more as a person than I ever had in my life. And I credit it to my dad and his, the words that he wrote. And then 18 years later, as I've gotten married and had kids, my dad's letter continues to speak to me. And so I'm, my, I'm so grateful. My dad wrote the letter. My dad had life insurance. And so mm. I'm grateful for that as well. Um, my mom didn't have to go to work. Our life stayed the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm thankful for that, but this letter is worth just as much as mm. as, as the money that my dad
3: provided for us.
1: That is just so beautiful and raw. And thank you for sharing that as if it had just happened. I mean, I think, any one of us can imagine being in that situation, desperately not wanting that to be real and not wanting to walk through that. And And I know that it has shaped you tremendously for the good and that it's become a part of your story. I think just looking at the the wisdom and the beauty of him writing those words, I mean, how transformational, how amazing that he spent those two months writing this letter that than has been with you, not just in that moment when you first read it, but the rest of your life. I mean, this is this is beautiful.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just some of the advice that my dad shared, just about uh, taking personal responsibility. Like your life is you know is up to you and the choices you make. You can't just depend on other people. Um, my dad, as a Christian, um, wrote a lot about um, just trusting uh, the Bible. And, um, this is pretty neat, but, uh, this past year, my sister got married. She's 36 years old, got married for the first time. And man, it was really exciting. And she asked me to officiate the wedding,
3: mm.
2: which is a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted, wanted to do well. Uh, but the day and really the week leading up to it was really emotional for me. I was, I was writing what I was going to say and just really thinking about my dad and man, my dad would love to be there. My sister, like, It was just missing my dad, but I was able to take words from my dad's letter and speak them over my sister and Mm. her new husband. And so my dad physically wasn't there, but his words from the letter were in the wedding and he was there and it was pretty special.
1: That is awesome. You know, I think it's just so profound that he spent the time to put those words down on paper I think of it almost like he etched them. I mean, he made them last, whereas if he kept them in his heart and didn't share them out of his mouth, you wouldn't have that same impact. And if he had shared them just with his mouth, unless it was recorded on video or somehow with a tape recorder, you may have lost some of the words. But because he wrote them, you have all of them, all of that whole message that he wanted to communicate to you and that it is lasting. I think that's why writing down your words is so powerful and so profound.
2: Well, and I appreciate it even more now, now that I have a, I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old and a one-year-old. And so it was a couple of years ago that I was like, okay, I need to write my children uh, a letter. If anyone knows the value of mm-hmm. having a letter written, it's me.
3: And so I go to write this letter. And. I saw how difficult it was to get
2: your thoughts organized and to, you know, really write down how you're feeling. And, uh, and it was honestly, I couldn't finish it. It was just like hanging over my head. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is, um, you know, dads ever, you know, for the last 18 years, this has been my story. And so I've had so many dads tell me, yeah, I oh, I, I need to do this for my children. And then I would talk to them, Later, and they hadn't done it
3: yet. Mm
2: -hmm. So here I am facing the same dilemma. And, you know, I really wanted to write this letter for a couple of reasons. Number one, I didn't know when my last day, I don't know when my last day on this planet's going to be. So I want to have something written down to leave my children with just in case. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: The second thing is, I see the world that my children are growing up in, there is uh, more people. More voices they're gonna be speaking into their life than ever before in history. I mean, you can imagine a hundred years ago who would be speaking into my children's life, like your family, <laughs> yeah. Maybe local church, local community, a handful of people and a now teacher in a one-room
1: in, schoolhouse, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And
2: so now in 10 minutes, you can get online on social media or Instagram or TikTok, or whatever it is, and you can have all kinds of people mm-hmm. giving their advice and giving their thoughts on how to live life. And so I know that um as a dad, they need my voice, they need my wife's voice in their life as they're going to make decisions as they're trying to f- figure out who they are, trying to figure out their purpose in life. And so I can't just throw my hands up in there and say, well, it's too much competition out there, it's too hard. It's like, heck no, I got to double down. I got to write a letter. And a letter is one way to clearly communicate how I feel about them and uh, to give them some advice. On how to navigate life and so <clears throat> that was the second reason that i wanted to get this uh letter done and <clears throat> so at the same time that i'm trying to write this letter god i would say god brings multiple people into my life who had received a letter from their dad that had changed their life oh, wow. um a guy named pete Vargas, a guy named victor marx and these guys are doing incredible amazing things and it's like wow this letter from their dad it it changed their life. And so then there was, there was a moment where I was like, I got to go help more people get a letter from their dad. And so that started the mission to help 1 million dads write at least one letter. And of course, now I help moms uh, write their letter as well.
1: That is amazing. You know, it's, there's so much congruence between my heart and the way that I feel about legacy planning and what you're sharing and and I know that our tribe has heard us talk more frequently and more commonly now about this idea of leaving a legacy. I just want to point out a few things. It's so amazing to be able to take your thoughts and feelings and be able to craft them into a letter when your kids are really young. Here's the profound nature of being really young. I have a two-year-old and also a 10-year-old. You have kids all under six. When they're in the first five years of their life, it is so formative. It's setting them up for their identity for the rest of their life. But at the same time, if you ask any adult how many memories they have from being five and under, it's relatively none. So right. if, if you think about, if, again, none of us have an exact Time when we're going to leave the planet. Hopefully, for every one of us listening, every one of us speaking, we're going to be well into our centenarian years. We're going to be well past age 100. But what if you don't have all that time to communicate what is important to your kids? And when they're young and you don't have that, that full life to have walked out with them, how do you make sure that your words matter and that they are communicated to them so that they can keep that the rest of their life? So I just. Yeah, one re- of the-
2: Well, one of the questions I get asked is, so am I writing this letter so that if I were to die, there's something there. And, you know, I tell parents, you know, this is your letter, so you can give it whenever you want. But I say, hey, the words that are in this letter are so powerful and so impactful. I would give it to them as soon as you can and let it start to work now because your children, they have a decision next week, might be a small decision, could be a big one in the next six months, in the next couple of years. And you want your words running through their mind, uh, not the world's words. And so you want to start, start to help them now.
1: Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so let's dig in. So you talk about the importance of mom and dad's words. Now, can you share with us? I know you have an entire course for somebody to really be able to, to do this. But can you share with us a few nuggets? How do you get started? What's the right maybe frame of mind? to get started on this trajectory of writing a letter that seems like you may as well be asking somebody to write a novel.
3: Right.
2: Well, first of all, I I do tell parents, because I get asked, how long does this letter have to be? And I say, hey, with the blueprint that I'm about to teach you, uh, you could write one letter. And some dads do that. And and it would be a powerful, impactful letter. Then there's some dads and moms who end up writing 10 pages. Uh, so it kind of depends on how much you want to do. I just say the important thing is to finish the letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I try to take the pressure off. Like it can be a short letter, um, just as long as, as you finish it. But one of the things and I, I joke with the dads, I say, uh, <clears throat> now, uh I'm sure none of you guys do this, but on, uh, some guys on Valentine's day, they run to the grocery store real quick, buy a card out in the driveway. They write something down real quick for their wife. I say, that's not the type of letter that we're about to write Um, a letter of this magnitude. We really want to prepare our heart and mind um, to get in the right spot uh, to write this letter. And so uh, I have four of the 10 steps are doing that. And so one of them is just evaluating uh, your mission uh, for your family and just asking, hey, what do you want? What do you want to be true of your family uh, 5, 10, 15, 20 years uh, from now. And I was, uh, leading a group of, uh, these guys are actually were retired special forces. A lot of them were in Delta force. And, um, one of them, great guy, he's, uh, currently at Fort Bragg right now, special operations. And he said, guys, I am in the army and I literally have written a mission statement for everything I do, but I've never written down for my family, mm-hmm. <laughs> like what my, what our mission statement is. And so what he told me there is is true, honestly, for for most families. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get convicted on this because I'm like, man, I know what I want for my business. I have a mission statement for my business, and you know what I want to be true of it, and where we're going. And so, what's even more important than my business, my family. Yes. <laughs> and so this is most of the parents that are go through this. Man, you know, love this process of just stopping and reflecting, what are my core values, like what do I want to be true, of my, what do I not want
3: to be true of
2: my mm. family?
1: That is such an important starting point and everyone in business knows that it's really important. I mean you cannot start to organize your day and your structure of your time and your calendar to accomplish your most important goals if you don't know what your most important goals are. So we set those important goals and we figure out what is our one main thing we're going to focus on in business. And yet how much more important with the time that we have been given to invest in these lives that we're called and created to shape and mold and give them all the tools that they need to grow up and become the best version of themselves in the world, that takes a lot of intentionality and a lot of focus on mission and your purpose in life. You are absolutely spot on. Thank you for, for even talking about coming from that place because every single family has a mission and a purpose. If you are a family, there's a reason that you're together as a family. And it's not just to coexist in one house or under one roof. It is really to be able to create a team culture and to create something that your kids can look back on and know that they were part of something. They were part of your family name and part of this multi-generational legacy that you're creating. So thank you for sharing that you start there. What are some things that maybe somebody else might need to gather or think about before they get started?
2: Well, uh, one of the next lessons is uh, we talk about uh, our parents and how our parents have affected us. Uh, and I introduce a, uh, just this concept, either of a father wound or a mother wound. And really, this is just an area where our parents uh, came up short uh, in a different area, you know, whatever it might be. And the the thing is, is is none of our parents were perfect um and we're not perfect either for our you know there's times where we've come up short not intentionally maybe it's unintentionally there's no way we could know when our kids need something from us because we're just not all knowing mm-hmm. and so uh, we have a, a a lesson and and a really cool tool that I guide parents through to help them really evaluate the relationship with their mom or their dad and how it affected them. And it helps them think through uh, the relationship and how they're impacting uh, their children.
1: Mm. I love that you go that deep because all of us have been given gifts and a platform to start from. And yet sometimes I think we can look at that and criticize the things that were not right or the things that we want to do differently. And yet at the same time, if we, are running away from something that is part of who our root system is. That's not going to create what we truly want in the future. And I think um, just making peace with that is just a beautiful part. Uh, thank you for yeah,
2: sharing I, that. I told a group of dads uh, this morning. Actually, I was, I was leading a, a private group, and I said, "Guys, I know that this um, is not going to be easy to do this this lesson and this assignment." Um but we've got to do it because we can't give to our children what we don't have. And whenever we do hard things like this, we get better. And there's a lot of people that benefit when we get better. Our wife benefits, our children benefit, our business benefits, the people we work with, our neighbors benefit. So we got to do the hard things. It's what men do so that we can get better.
1: Mm. That is such, such a good word. And really necessary if you're going to lead someone you have to have traveled that path and i think it helps me to think about what do i want my children to take responsibility of in their life and ownership for in their life and how would i expect them to do that if i'm not willing to take ownership and responsibility of the same things in my own life and so i have to model for them what i hope that they they will live into and create
3: yeah absolutely
1: so where does asking forgiveness as a parent fit into this whole thing?
3: Yeah.
2: Well, uh, it's one of the last lessons that I lead them through. Um, cause as we work on the letter, we work on different sections of the letter. And then at the very end, we put it all together and and tell parents what's in the?" I suggest you put it at the beginning of the letter, even though we're working on it last. Um, but I tell parents, um, you know, you, you have not been the perfect parent. It's like, I don't know you super well, but I know enough to know that you have, that you've messed up. And who else knows you've messed up as your kids because they've lived mm-hmm. with you and they've seen it. And uh, I asked a group of this, the other, other day, can you imagine if your dad came to you and said, Hey, I know that I have not been the perfect dad. I know that I have messed up. I'm so sorry for that. And I'm, I regret that. And all these guys were like, I can't imagine my dad doing that. And I'm like, yeah, and that's exactly why we're going to do it. Mm. And when you apologize, it brings people in closer. It shows humility. Mm. Uh, And so if you really want to connect with your children on a deeper level, if you really want to impact them and show that humility, apologize, you know, some of the parents I suggest just, at least having like a general apology. And then there's some that know that they need to ask for forgiveness for something specific. And so then I guide them through that process of what it looks like to ask forgiveness. There's five keys that you really want to ask forgiveness. Well, and you don't want to mess up because there's a way that there's ways that you can, ask for forgiveness to not do it well. Like if you mm. kind of take half responsibility and then blame somebody else for the other half, it's like, no, don't blame anybody else. You just got to take responsibility for, for what you did.
1: Uh, that's, that's profound. Do you want to go through those five keys or do you want to leave that in the, uh, in the course?
2: I'm leaving it in the course, That's awesome. <laughs> but I love leading people through it. So
1: that is awesome. Well, I think it's, even just profound what you just shared that it's necessary to take full responsibility. I mean, I think it was Jack Canfield. I'm sure that this was, it came from somewhere else before that, even, but, um, and I don't remember the name of the book, but he talked about if you're pointing fingers, you have all these fingers pointing back at you and taking full responsibility for every single thing that has not gone right in your life. And man, that can be challenging, but you realize that my own actions have created what I have now in this life in taking full responsibility, not pointing fingers at somebody else is really the key.
2: Yeah. And I tell parents, I was like, you know, if, if your children, um, had did something wrong, whether now or 10 or 20, 30 years from now, and they came to you and say, Hey dad, should I ask this person for forgiveness? Should I apologize to them? What would you tell them? Well, of course you would tell them yes. Like, yeah, you should apologize if, if you messed up. And so I, I tell them, this is a great way to just model that. And um, because you would tell them to do it, you should also do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Ah, absolutely. I think that's the profound piece of self leadership. You have to lead yourself in order to be able to lead your family. And really, by writing this letter, it is powerfully leading your family, which you have to first lead yourself. So, um, Blake, there was, um, you also want to talk about the three things that every person needs to hear from their dad and mom? What are those three things? I think if I had to make a list, I am sure that it would be about 27,000 things that they need to hear. So I would, I'm really curious to say, to hear, how do you distill that down into the three most important things?
2: Yeah, I think you're right. There are a lot of things out there, but, um, I tell parents like, uh, you know, there's a lot of things we're talking about in this letter, but you definitely want to kill this section. Like you want to do really well in this section of the letter. And that is to communicate to your children that you love them, uh, that it's <clears throat> unconditional, that there's um, nothing that they can do tomorrow or, or to make you love them any more any less. Mm-hmm. Because really, when a, when a person feels loved by their parents, they just have so much more confidence uh, in life uh, when they know that. <clears throat> I love this story. Of, of Kobe Bryant. And he shared this, uh, about a year before his death, but he said that he was playing basketball in, uh, Philadelphia when he was 12 years old, it was the summer league. And he was so excited to play in this league. It's you know kind of a really well-known league. His dad had played in it. His grandfather had played in it. And he said he got to the end of the summer and he had not scored a single point. And he was so frustrated, so disappointed. And he shared that his, his dad walked up to him and put his arm around him and said, Kobe, I just want you to know i don't care whether you score zero points or 60 points i'm gonna love you no matter what and kobe said that that was literally the best thing that his dad could have ever told him because he couldn't fail he could not fail he could he could go for it at that point point. and you know that that absolutely impacted his life one we saw the basketball career that he had
3: yeah
2: we saw the type of dad that he was to his daughters um but for him to share this a year before his death, like after he's already retired from basketball, you know that this those words were running through his head his whole life mm-hmm. uh, as he faced different challenges or hard times. It was, oh yeah, my dad's going to love me no matter what. And able and allowed him to push forward. So I love you. You know, I just, same-
1: let's just pause there for a second. Okay. I mean, that is so rich. That is really, really rich. And I think that if in any way you're structuring and setting up your life. If you have these sets of boundaries and rules and restrictions, and you don't have that tremendous love component, you risk having kids rebel and turn the opposite direction and say, you know, I don't care about those rules. I'm not bought into that. Those rules. I'm not bought into the family vision or what you expect of me. But if they know that they're loved and that they belong what more beautiful thing can possibly give that than a family and a family is meant to be that place of love and belonging. So thank you for sharing that piece. Let's go on to, what do you, what, what are the other two things that are most important? That yeah. The parents?
2: other thing, the other thing is, um, so I love you and then I'm proud of you. And, uh, you know, we all want to hear our parents Tell, say, I'm, mean, I'm, I'm proud of you, and we seek that. Um, I was uh, talking to a dad a few years ago in a coffee shop, and I just, this is before I was doing the legacy letter stuff. I just, I met this guy, and we just hit it off, and we'd see each other in a lot, in there a lot. And uh, one time, he told me, he said, you know what, Blake, I still find myself every day living to please my dad and to make him proud of me. And he said, my dad died 20 years ago. And so this man, his his dad had never told him that he was proud of him Had never told him what it took to make him proud. And this man, you know, he was very successful by the world's standards. Um, he was the CEO of his company and I knew what neighborhood he lived in and he had done really well. In other conversations, uh, I pieced together some things about his family and he did not have a good relationship with his children and they were not doing well. And basically this man had neglected his family to try to do well by the world standards.
3: Mm-hmm. And at
2: the heart of that was he was trying to make his dad proud of him.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I tell parents, <clears throat> let's not leave it up to, to, for our children to guess what would um, make, make us proud. Let's tell them. And also let's not focus on uh, what they do, but who they are as a person. And let's yes. affirm their character traits, and so I help parents do that and affirm their children in those things. And so that's so
1: beautiful. <clears throat> and you know, it's interesting how that is at the core and the root of so many people's that sense of longing, that sense of striving and reaching. And it's interesting to me that as much as many people grow, build successful businesses. I hear this over and over. I mean, this is not a side story that's a uh, uncommon. This is something really deep at the root of who we are as humans. I mean, we're created to be able to be part of a lineage, part of a legacy. And as we, we need to know that that connection back to our parents and before us is continuous, con- has continuity. And I love that you just mentioned that if that's not repaired, it's very difficult then to go craft and create a very healthy relationship with your kids because it can become this self-fulfilling prophecy that you haven't met my expectations. I'm not telling you what my expectations are and you're going to continue to not meet those expectations. And that just causes a huge rift in relationships.
2: Absolutely. And I, and I tell parents, like our, our children will repeat what we affirm them in. They'll be like, oh, okay, that's what make, makes dad proud or makes mom proud. Uh, last year, I was helping uh, Tim Delaney. He's the vice president of the Arizona Cardinals, write his letter to his 12-year-old daughter. Tim's an amazing guy, amazing dad. And so we, we talked about this in the context of his letter. Well, the next week, his daughter brought home her report card and she made straight A's like she normally does. So he called, but he called her over and he said, Anna, come here. I want to talk to you about your report card. And he said, Hey, I just want you to know, you know, I'm, I'm proud of, of these straight A's, but here's what I'm most proud of. I'm most proud of what your teacher wrote here at the bottom. And at the bottom, her teacher had wrote that she was a sweet and kind person to all of her classmates. And he said, this is what makes dad proud. And he said, I'd never said that before to her and communicated that to her and to our tool. we talked about it. And I told him, I said, man, now that you've said that, like she's going to continue. Oh, that's, that's what makes dad proud. I'm going to keep doing that. And so I actually, that was over a year ago. And I talked to him a couple months ago, and we talked about that. And he said, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because she's a new teacher, new year, and she just got a report card. And her teacher said the same thing about her, that she's a sweet and kind person to her classmates. I was like, yep.
1: That is awesome. The power of communicating what's truly on our heart and speaking those words. Oh, that's beautiful. So communicate that you love your children, communicate that you're proud of them. And I think there's one more.
2: Yeah. You, you got to communicate that you believe in them. And really for my mo- for me, my mom was this person for me. There's been maybe three or four times in my life where my mom said, Blake, I don't know what you're going to do. I just know you're going to be successful. and she believed it like when like it wasn't something she was just saying you know as my mom like i could tell she was very genuine and there's been moments where i'm like man what am i doing over here and i'm trying you know i'm trying to figure stuff out and uh i'm like i don't know what i'm doing but my mom said i'm going to be successful so i'm going to keep pressing ahead (laughs) i'm believing that
1: that's beautiful
2: and so all of those really this whole letter and especially this those answering those three or saying those three things to your parents it's really helping your children grow in emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we know the value of of IQ and being intelligent, but I believe way more important than just intelligence is emotional intelligence and how you relate and connect with other people. And so that's what we really want to help our children grow in is emotional intelligence. And we will by sharing these things with them. Another thing that we talk a lot about in our culture is just um, children being coddled. Mm -hmm. And we do not, none of us want to coddle our our children. That's the opposite of what we're doing here. Coddling is looking at your child and seeing, um, you know, however they are, however, if there's some areas that they're weak in or not doing well and being okay with it. Hey, your immature self, you know, you're fine being there. Well, we're we're not coddling them. We're we're calling them up because as a parent, we see the potential that they Mm -hmm. have. And so it's our job as a parent to see that potential and call our children up to that potential. And that's what we're doing by writing this letter.
1: You know, I was just listening the other day to um, Mitzi Purdue. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. Um, she's in the Purdue family line with Purdue Chicken and um, also Sheraton Hotels. And she mentioned that you want to give people a bigger vision of themselves to live into. And they did that with their employees and she shared the story of how she did that with her employees. But what's powerful is that you are talking about giving your children a vision of them at their best, of them fulfilling their potential, of them rising to full responsibility and using their gifts to the fullest. You're not not saying, oh, that's okay. Nice try. Continuing your weakness. So I love that distinction that is not coddling. That's not, um, I guess coddling just, is the best yeah, word. Yeah, we're not yet. just
3: okay
2: with, with with where they are in their immaturity. Mm. Exactly right.
1: So I want to, before we leave today, I think we could continue this conversation for quite a long time. There's just so much common ground between my heart for creating a multi-generational legacy in my own family and helping others do the same. There's so much, even with the life insurance that you mentioned. I mean, thankfully, in my story, we did not have to use my life insurance, but we came that close. And those same thoughts were there. If my husband was in the situation of saying, I don't know what's going to happen with her. He got two negative reports from me back in surgery, and he was being told that he, they didn't know if I was going to make it. And at that moment, his thoughts went to, I don't know what I'm going to do, but thankfully there's life insurance that would be just a small amount of security financially to know that I don't have to figure anything out tomorrow because that's going to give me this buffer in this safe space. And so I, I'm really thankful that your dad had the foresight to write this beautiful letter that not only... I love the way that people create an impact. I mean, he just took those two months of self-leadership to cause himself to write these words. He had no idea the impact that it would make in your life and who you're impacting in your family line, but who you're impacting around the world because of this beautiful gift that he gave you. I mean, isn't that amazing what he was able to do without even realizing it?
3: yeah, I look
2: forward to seeing him again one day and, you know, I don't know how all that works. If he knows what's going on today or not, but I can't wait to tell him and, and, you know, even to be able to say, Hey, what dad, your letter impacted my life, but now look at the other dads and other children and moms, you know, that have written a letter and relationships have been restored. Um, you know, people are living a different life dad, because of, of what you started. Yeah. I I can't wait to. And and then also on top of that, financially, my dad's letter is providing for my family because this is a business for me. Mm -hmm. And so now uh, my family, like this is how our bills are paid because of a letter that my dad wrote. And so I can't wait to tell him that one day.
1: Oh, he's going to be so proud. I already know he is. And (laughs) just looking at this, I mean, what transformational power did that have for your kids then? I mean, you're probably going to live another 100 years or so, maybe not quite. I think maximum life expectancy is 120. So (laughs) I think you and I both don't quite have 100 years left. But as we look at the length of time that you have to invest in your kids, just how far this is going to go for them and for the world around you. So, um, Blake, this is the reason why I wanted to have you on the show right away. Um, I have not watched the chat. It's possible we have questions, but um, I don't see any right now, which is. Awesome. Um, but I wanted to find out if somebody is saying right now, how can I get a hold of you? How can I find out more? How can I get started on crafting my own legacy letter? How do they do that?
2: Yeah, just go to legacyletterchallenge.com. And I've got my self guided course. So, so someone could sign up right now, $147 and go through and really create a priceless letter for your family. Mm -hmm. Um, And then each month, and I'm especially doing this for dads right now, and I'm going to be incorporating it for moms in the future, but I do like a live round um, where people can join in live. And I go through all 10 steps um, over four zoom sessions, but I I have a lot of uh, financial advisors and business owners who will purchase um, a license to give it to their employees or, um clients as a gift and man they love being able to give this as a gift like hey i care about you as a person i care about your family and here's how i can show you and then they give them uh this and then a lot of the times i'm able to um you know i love getting to know the business owners and uh and the financial advisors um mm-hmm. especially since my dad was a ceo um
3: mm-hmm.
2: and i'm also a business owner uh, i know how hard it is How much work you put in. Mm -hmm. And I know that none of us, even though we have to work really hard to connect with our clients, connect with our customers, and I'll think about the copy and think about the words I'm going to write. It's like, man, but I don't want to get to the end and say, man, I spent more time connecting with clients than I did my own family.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And so I love helping the business owners.
1: No, that's really huge. And it's interesting as we are working with people to really help them not only. Create a business that they love, but also a life that you love because it's so integrated. And yes, you can absolutely build this great, amazing business, but still have this gaping hole and this feeling of inadequacy that you're not living up to everything that you hope for in your family life. And Bruce and I have a famous way, actually, he articulates this probably even better than I do, but we don't really believe in work life balance. It's just all life. You are creating a life, you want that whole life to be rich and meaningful and fulfilling and money is just a piece of it your business is a piece of it your kids are a huge part of it your family your spouse that's a huge piece of it and making sure that that's all integrated well that you feel great about each step of the way there the sky is the limit i never believed that you could have a fulfilling family life and a fulfilling entrepreneurship and business owning career until I lifted the lid off of my own perspective and realized how congruent they are, and how much better do you have that opportunity to teach your kids what that success looks like. So, Blake, this has been tremendous. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I want to just say if you are listening, please go over to legacyletterchallenge.com. We may be including that in um, some course offerings and offerings here at the Money Advantage at a near time in the future as well. So thank you so much, Blake, for taking this catalytic moment and letter in your life and really using it to spread this message around the world. It's, it's transformational and beautiful.
2: Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. and Let me share my story and my mission.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Blake. In closing, if you are listening to this show, make sure that you go over to legacyletterchallenge.com. If you're interested in finding out how to integrate your financial life so that you can live your best life today and create the greatest financial legacy for your children as well, we'd love to be a part of that conversation. And you can go over to themoneyadvantage.com to get started. In closing, please remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd